Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Pixels and Ink podcast, episode 324. I am your host, Jordan Biorti, and joining us are a pretty, uh, pretty solid, uh, solid cast. We have the wonderful Lindsay Travez. <laughs> Tra- Travis, just like Sorry. the guy. It's all good. I was because you know what I was thinking about how it was spelled, and I was like <laughs> in my mind, like, like, like you know when you see like the words just like sort of like appear in your mindscape, and you're just like, oh, it's Travez. No, it's Traves. Yeah, I know. Um, it's spelled like Traves, said like Travis. Lindsay with an A, Travis with an E. How have you been? You haven't been on the podcast in quite a long time. I haven't. I missed you guys. I'm pretty excited to be back. Um, I've been good, you know, manning this. Uh, Lockdown, best I can. Watching lots of scary movies that I can't wait to tell you guys about. So yeah, stay tuned. Yeah, would have been would have been nice, you know, a week ago, but you know, better late than never. <laughs> it's my busy season. Some people have tax there. Some people have tax to, season. I, I have scary movie season. Yeah, I, I'm just, I just, I'm, I'm, I maybe I'm just a little bitter because I had to like basically single handedly hold down that whole spooky discussion. Ooh, I, two... I had to run randomly so yeah yeah you just disappeared i didn't even realize it for like such a long time i was like where's brendan oh yeah <laughs> just uh, not saying anything literally someone phoned me like hey we have to discuss this important like gaming thing right now i'm like oh okay sony wanted to talk about <laughs> things so you know okay. we're gonna talk about per- that today perfect segue we're also joined by uh brendan fry hello <laughs> how you been uh good uh been good been uh knee deep in console reviews so i can talk about that today yeah you got the hot scoop i'm a little jealous no i don't know if that's the case because i've been literally not sleeping so you know one of the two yeah well you know not not sleeping for for some hot new consoles is you know it's a reason i want to not sleep for just saying yeah (laughs) and of course we have the ever-present chris dehoog Hey guys, thanks for carrying me last week, Jordan. By the way, yeah, no problem, man. You know, it's just it's what I do. Good you know? leadership. <laughs> All right, well let's let's jump right into the news. So we have the uh, the heartbreaking topic that hurts me personally. That uh, Sony just put out a uh, a little press release saying that there are going to be no physical. <laughs> PS5s available in store at launch. So there goes my whole plan. <laughs> I thought of that immediately, actually, when I read the news. I was thinking about the time oh, I was been strategizing on this podcast was... for a while now about just walking in day, day one. <laughs> so it's so mad are they when just, I saw that. Are they just selling them online only? Is that what's happening? Online only. Basically, only, yeah. We already have pre orders placed. Basically, it'll be able to get Oh, this. strange. But I so, wonder yeah, the walk-ins, essentially, yeah. Huh. Which, I mean, it makes a lot of sense, obviously, because of COVID and everything. And they, they do kind of explicitly say that in the uh, in the press release. Um, but, you know, it's... Uh, it, it, and, you know, Chris did kind of mention this to me um, privately. But, like, it's it's such a it's such a, like, disheartening thing. Because it's, like, you know, on the one hand, I get it. But on the other hand, it's, like, it really does kind of open the door to you know scalpers because like anyone who's going to try and get it like day one by just ordering one online like you know unless you're really on the ball 
like mm-hmm. is this going to be a really like it, you know it really is just opening the door to like scalpers to just you know scoop them up and start selling them at, at, at exuber exuberant prices yeah are they doing any like did they say anything about like you know one per person or any nonsense any attempts not that i saw because basically it's not like it's it's kind of going to be out of sony's hands at this point like it's just like it's they're only going to be available um through like like online retail like like through the online uh stores of like whatever select retailers and then like yeah like it's up to them then so like yeah theoretically a person can just go in and and scoop up as many as they want oh actually yeah breaking on this front i just checked on on with eb i was checking with them when i was writing the article about it um they've just tweeted in the last 20 minutes um in-store pre-orders for playstation 5 will be available for pickup by appointment by appointment on 11 12 uh, additionally there will be no consoles available for purchase in store on 11 12. If you weren't able to pre-order a unit but would like to pick one up in store after that you can contact your local store to be placed on a first to know list and associates will contact you by telephone um doesn't say anything about um one offs but i they have to put a one off thing on this like they, they can't just be letting people buy more than one yeah because that would just be like that would just be really shady at that point right because like yeah like anyone is just gonna is just gonna get in here and and scoop them up well and the the scalpers are probably preparing their their scripts and everything like that to snap them up at midnight anyways right yeah like we saw recently with nvidia's cards like they were they had to cancel hundreds of orders manually after the fact it's gonna be the same situation here i would imagine but like like you said though it's it's the right cause it's the right choice for them to make right like if look back to the start of all yeah people were lined up on young street look waiting for animal crossing and doom eternal Looked, looked bad on yeah looked bad on nintendo like yeah well, yeah it, it also it also really didn't help that eb was kind of just like you know very uh very lax about the whole thing too and you know they were really prioritizing selling consoles over like the the safety of of their own you know people on the ground floor yeah absolutely yeah so well i mean here's uh Here's hoping that we can get our hands on one of these dang things. I just want my I just want my PS5. Sony, why don't you just want me to give you money? But can I just put like a PSA out there? If you if you are looking for a PS5 and someone's selling one online for a lot more than the, than the retail cost, don't buy it. Please don't. Oh, yeah, them. yeah, that that really should just go without saying. I mean, it, it, it's 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 worth the wait. Like you don't have to shell out. No, one and a half times and, you know, cost of it now. You can wait a little bit. Yeah, I feel I feel that uh, that that uh, Brental Floss covered that really well in his uh, in his song "Console Launch Rock," <laughs> where uh, he basically reference. Uh, it, uh, it's uh, well, it's like it, it's like for any for anyone who I guess who wasn't born in like the seventies. It's like, you know, Schoolhouse Rock, you know, mm-hmm. how a bill becomes a law and all that stuff. Um, he basically did a song that was sort of in a similar style that was essentially just saying, never, ever buy a console at launch because there's like a host of reasons why, you know, you shouldn't, right? Like they haven't worked out all the bugs yet. There's going to be like numerous updates. There's no good launch games right away. Like, and it's like the, like the library is going to be small. Like, and then even then it's just like, you know. You, if you wait a little bit, like you know that they're, they're they'll they'll drop the price if like you know it, it it like coincides with any particular sales day or whatever. Like, it's a really good song. I would highly recommend it. Rental Floss Console House Console Launch Rock. 
So that's my subtle plug. I really wish Brentofloss would love me. He doesn't, and someday I had a, I actually I actually had a, a a little interaction with him on Twitter, and it really uh, it really made me sad <laughs> <laughs> because because he put out for like Halloween he put out um like a like a shovel knight song with lyrics, and it was so good. Um, but like it was just one of those things where I was like I couldn't help but wonder like you know, why he went with, like, the... Because, like, he used um, one of the stage, like, musics uh, or themes from, like, the original Shovel Knight. And, like, you know, with Spec the Spectre Knight DLC had, like, like totally redone music. So I was like, oh, like, it would have been... I, I wonder why he didn't go with, like, the Spectre Knight stuff because it's, like, it's so much more fast-paced and it would have been, I think, like, it, you know, it might have been, like, you know, a better, a better choice for what he was doing, right? So I tweeted at him and I said, like, hey, you know, hey, Brent... Uh, you know, I really loved your your Spectre Knight thing, but I was wondering, like, if you know, uh, you considered using the Spectre Knight stuff instead of like the original one. And I thought I was gonna have like a little interaction with him where he might have been like, "Oh yeah, you know, like I thought about it," but like you know, get a little behind the scenes with Brent. He, he literally just tweeted me back, "Nah," <laughs> and I was like, "I, I don't know." I, I felt like I was being a dick. <laughs> like, how dare you ask me these things? I mean. We Brentofloss has been on the podcast a few times, so. Oh, I know, and you know, it, it actually, it actually made me like so doubly sad because Brentofloss was on the podcast. I, I'm not joking, Brendan. I think it was like the day before I started working at CG. I think like, I came yeah, in on like the Friday, and he true. was there on like yeah, the Thursday. Like, literally, like you just missed him. I was so Cody. <laughs> Cody told me about it, and I was like, "Are you kidding me? I was one day away from meeting Brent." You were. <laughs> oh i was so sad and i think i was even in the office on the thursday because i did like a, like i came in for like an interview yeah. with you guys and then i went home and it was like like all was well <laughs> <laughs> oh it was so heartbreaking brent if you're listening I'm just sure love me please just follow me on twitter and it'll make me happy i was like digging into his twitter now <laughs> okay he's right. great he's he he's he's super he's super funny super talented this whole pod is just a love letter to brent Floss. Yeah, this, I'm gonna title this podcast "Brental Floss Notice Me, Senpai." <laughs> <laughs> All right, moving on. Um, we have a little. Uh, we got some. Some. I guess we we can talk a little. A little uh, financial in, in news because everyone loves that. We got in the news. Activision Blizzard made 1.2 billion with a B dollars I mean, in microtransactions. <clears throat> you know what I, it's not surprising but at the same time it should be surprising like how do they keep generating this crazy income on the, just on microtransactions like do people want shark cards yes. that badly yes the answer is yes yeah, apparently Gee, okay well like, oh jesus okay then that settles that <laughs> the so again, speaking not as an expert, but I feel like microtransactions are absolutely where it's at. I don't know if you guys saw that uh, news about Pokemon Go that they like tried a new method of being able to collect mm. coins and it worked really well. And then they like nixed it completely. And the reaction is like, it probably hurt their bottom line too much because people actually are buying coins. Like, oh yeah, no, some, like, like professional. It's such a silly Professional yeah, uh, Pokemon like, Go I players mean, are spending like crazy amounts of money on this game. 
Um, even even yeah. people I like that that are like I know like you know there's like I have a little uh, Pokemon Go group that like I haven't really. So, so Jordan, um, you're not one of the people that have those, those have... arrays of phones. You walk around the the parks and with. Oh God. I'm not personally, but there are people in the group that I am in um, that do. Like they have like two Only or three two phones walking around. around. Oh my God. Well, like two or three, you know. At least ten. What? Also, add me. I need some remote raid invites. Um. Um. Right. Well, you can't do remote raids unless we're like literally like five feet That's away weird. from each other. No, you can remote no, raid there, anywhere, bro. No, you have to remote. You can only remote raid in raids that you can actually like see. So like, no, as long as you can like invited. That, like, I don't know if that's true. I do know that it is true. <laughs> I mean, I do raid well, in South then, Carolina all the time, but I haven't left London. So there you go. Oh well, okay then. See, this is this speaks to how little I've been playing Pokemon Go. So just now like, you believe it. Get on our list. Uh, Pokemon Go. Is just is just acting as like a as like a, a storage for all my shiny legendaries that are going to move into Shield as soon as the and update that, comes out. That all tracks. Oh, yeah, that. Sorry, I didn't yeah, feel like I mean, once again steer the po- like I haven't been here in like two months and I came back and immediately got everyone talking about Pokemon Go. But all that to say, it was just another interesting comparison that their microtransactions apparently were too valuable to give up. And they were like, "Well, that's mine." That's a common. That is a common thing in the game industry now. Like. Even even when you look at like even just not like specifically directed towards Anthem or, or sorry Pokemon Go Anthem had a similar thing right with the the whole the whole loot shower thing where like a bug was actually making like giving people more loot and making the game more fun to play and it got patched out because like that's not the way the game is supposed to play or be played and they kind of probably wanted to steer people more towards you know spending a little bit of money on microtransactions to like boost their xp or boost whatever like that literally just it really is like the the disgusting subtle way that publishers kind of manipulate people that's why it is so it's so shocking to see these huge numbers right because i feel like like so many people are talking about this now that like 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 more and more people should kind of be aware that like games are kind of being made to be less yeah. fun and like less playable so that you spend more money on it like yeah that's true i'm not yep. uh, but i'm going um i have to kind of bail on this podcast early so do you want to do we want to talk about the consoles oh. now okay yes you know what let's i was i was going to save that for last but let's let's shift over that if you gotta if you gotta take off let's shift over that so pick up my car oh <laughs> okay well so brendan has finally can now talk about both the uh xbox series x and the ps5 yes. although five sparse, details are a little sparse sparse is um a little weird because i only i can only talk about certain things at present and that will change next week at some point but i can definitely talk about gaming on the systems and the overall look and how they uh how they basically work as a value proposition so i can do that um Oh, well, let well us know. I mean, it's different because the PS5 is briefly what is the potential future of gaming where Sony has done a lot of really interesting things. They have 3D audio. The controller is basically what you would ex- what you always hoped haptics would be. So like you, be, you feel like things on all surfaces feel like a kind of bumping you from on your hands as you're going through it. You can blow into it. Mm-hmm. The, the the gyroscopics are more uh, precise, and it just overall looks like a device from the future. 
and um, the Xbox Series X and Series S, conversely, are more of what if PC gaming was on your TV with all that power that that entails? So it's two different approaches hmm. to the same problem, I guess. Sony went with more gimmicky, more kind of the Switch-esque uh, or a Switch or like Wii or Wii U type concept, kind of pushing what you can do with gaming. And Xbox really was like, what if we just hmm. put all the power physically possible in a box? I feel like that's yeah. been Xbox's strategy yeah. for a little while now. Because even even like the Xbox One was kind of just like, hey, we have a super powerful console. What can you do on it? Remains to be seen. I, but, I, but I think yeah. for uh, me, and why I thought the Xbox for right now, I mean, I'm, I'm going to wait and see when uh, all the all said and done. Xbox is probably the better console for just a person that wants to game on their TV. They just want to physically game. And mm -hmm. as long as they don't want any of the PlayStation exclusives. And I say this because Xbox has put a lot of work in making sure games that are uh, uh, previous generations to so Xbox 360, Xbox original, Xbox One, and Xbox Series X games all work on this one box. And even beyond that, Xbox One games will look better and load better on the Xbox Series X than they do on the Xbox One. Even the One X, games load faster. It improves visuals. It makes it so if you saw stuttering when you're playing last year's Call of Duty, you won't in this one. And I'm not seeing the compatibility level that I'm seeing uh, on the Xbox with PS5. Less games work cross-gen. Um, there are less value propositions. There's no... Uh, Xbox Game Pass really makes it kind of like, hey, here's the latest games, and they work on this system. You just go in, install them, and you're good to go. Sony doesn't have that mm. level of connection from like uh, soup to nuts on all aspects of how it works. So Xbox has really kind of made it saying, hey, you love gaming, jump in this. If you had any Xbox before this, you get here. As long as you buy the one with the disc version, you can pop a disc in and it'll work. And um, it's a little bit more complex with the PS5. That being said, the PS5 looks better designed. It has a better controller. Like the Xbox Series, Series X controller looks like an Xbox controller with a few tweaks. The, the uh, DualShock 5, DualSense, is that what it's called? Yeah, yeah DualSense. DualSense uh, yeah. controller feels like what we've always hoped controllers would do. It, it feels like a thing of the future. It looks pretty. It, it, it has great charging. It is wireless battery built in that has great battery life from testing, you know, a week and a half, but, you know, the battery life so far. Um, the, the touchpad finally feels good. It has haptics in the touchpad, so you write on it. It kind of... It gives you that sense, like on your phone when you're typing, it has that same kind of feel. Even the, the triggers feel more adaptive. It feels more like it works with, with that of a game you're using. And then you have the headset, you have the, um, the 3D headset that Sony does, and the 3D sound profiles make it feel like you jump in with that headset and, and games feel immersive. So it does, it's a different value proposition, but they're both offering different things. And a, both are exciting for different reasons. Yeah, I was I was gonna say too, like, just sort yeah. of like like to to add to what you were saying about um uh the 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 PS fives like uh like visually um because that like that's it's sort of the one thing um like 
you know the like xbox really hasn't evolved much in in over the years like like the yeah like the the controller has sort of remained the same the like the 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 operating system has sort of remained like the same and and you can see like i I know we mentioned this uh, on a previous podcast um like how it's it sort of has this very unified look between all like microsoft products um but it's 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 very i almost want to say like technical whereas like you know what what sony showed off uh like during that little like um the little uh video event they had where they were showing off like the just like the 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 dashboard and everything like the the interface for the ps5 like it 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 just looks so much more like visually Mm. inviting like it's so much more dynamic there's so much more going on so like even even just i i think like that's kind of where their where their their priorities lie not not just in like having probably a lot more uh exclusives than than microsoft is going to have but like also like making making uh just so, so much more like of a like an exciting experience mm-hmm. like turning on your ps5 is always kind of like an exciting yeah. thing where like you're, you're you're seeing like these very like like yeah like dynamic backgrounds and things sort of change depending on what game you have even just the whole way like what they showed off uh at the, during that little event too like the way like you know you can kind of like connect to your games in a in a much more like meaningful way with like little walkthroughs and the way you can sort of like post things too like it's it's something that i do i I do really like about i think uh, about the switch is that even on a very basic level um you know sharing like you know little videos and little like uh like snapshots is is very seamless it's very just like you know and it 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 really does make like for this uh this much more like connected experience between like other I like gamers Microsoft did take lessons from past generation there is now a share button on the controller it's super easy very similar to the way the um playstation share button works you just push it you're taking a screenshot i mm-hmm. mean sony ha- also has that so it's it's just more of they've reached feature parity and sony's kind of like we don't quite have the power but what if we just go this other direction and Microsoft's like what if we just physically stuff as much stuff in this box as we can and it, it depends what kind of game you are. Yeah, and I think, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I was gonna say, I think, I think, like you know, it's it's definitely something that, like, I, uh, that you know, is is I, something I think that I think, like, again, like going back to Nintendo, like that they sort of like have proven that, like, you know, you can have a system that maybe might not be the most powerful thing, but if you sort of provide like a, a very like you know sort of unique uh, experience for the like gamers, then like people will be like excited to like get that console and, and play around yeah, with it. I mean. I think it's it's going to be more exciting uh, moving into 2021 and 2022 to see what developers do for these different systems and see how they push the power under the hood. Uh, Microsoft's really leaning into mm-hmm. that ray tracing, leaning into the the best visuals and the best speed possible. And I think Sony opted more for uniqueness, giving you the best visuals possible, but also giving you more, making you feel like you're part of the experience. And I think Astro's Playroom, the kind of the thing that comes pre-installed, is a great way to... Sh- I mean, it's a game. It's neat. Um, <laughs> it's, it's a tech demo. It is a, it's a tech demo. I think it's a, it's a nice yeah. tech demo. It's great that it's installed in the system. I'm not going to review it as itself because it is a tech demo. Um, and yeah. it's inst- everyone has it, so there's no point reviewing a thing that everyone gets. There's just zero reason to review that because you're not, you're not like, well, I guess I'm going to push the button and try it. It's the only thing that's on the system right now. There, there's no advantage yeah. to that, but I think it is, if you want to see what the potential of the PS5 is, the Playroom is a great way to show off 
all the different elements that are in that system that can be used. Do, now, does does Xbox have an equivalent of that too, or is it just like you know, here's the system, go it's have really, fun with it. Here's the system. Play Game Pass, figure out what you want, and just jump in and enjoy it. And I think that's a different approach. It's very much like, hey, this is like you got a new video card and stuffed it in your computer, and suddenly everything looks better. Sony opted for more of the, this is the future of gaming. Xbox is, this is what could be if you have all the power in the world. And you know what? And I just like you know again, I I, <laughs> I gotta say like it's it really is such a such a like a good like decision on Sony's part because you know like you know again leaning back to to my you know to my boys, if we if we kind of look look back at the Wii right and like you know compared to the the PS3 and the Xbox 360, like it was the weakest system, but how much of a phenomenon was Wii Sports? Like, how many people went out and bought Wiis just because, like, that's this little tech demo that it came with to, like, showcase, you know, what was on the system? Sorry about that. I have to run. But any other questions before I kind of have to run out to my courtesy shuttle that is apparently right here? No, no, no. I think, uh, I think that's, uh, you pretty much covered it. I don't know. What about you guys? I was just going to ask about the, the solid state drive because oh, they made a big deal I, I about that. Right now, it is phenomenal. I haven't tried the, um, what's it called? The new uh, expansion card. I have not tried that, but the Xbox, when it uses, utilizes that solid state drive and the games are, uh, uh, what's it, what I'm looking for? Optimized for it. They're ridiculously fast. And quick resume is another thing that's amazing where you can go out of your game, turn off the system, come back in, jump back in the game. In like 10 seconds, you're back in. And Sony is good. It also uses a solid state drive, but it feels less optimized. It feels a little less tuned. Hmm. Microsoft, you, you, like I was loading up Xbox One games and it was just right in. A few seconds, games are starting up in 20, 30 seconds. If you read my review, I have a chart showing how much faster games are starting on the Series X compared to an Xbox One X. Um, but that being said, Sony was close. Like, we're not talking that it was slow to load a Sony, uh, PS5 or um, PS4 game on the PS5. It was just slower than on the Xbox Series X. Hmm. Yeah, it's, it's hmm. a, I mean, really, if you buy either one of these systems, you'll be happy. It's more of, it's going to be what, what you're looking for from a console. And... The exclusives that are going to be coming down the pipeline. I think Microsoft has so many studios, they will they will get yeah. the exclusives. And Sony has a lot of studios, but they're more going to be more unique exclusives. And it's really kind of where you want to jump in on that and what you're looking for from the console. Yeah. How much do you really love Skyrim? Skyrim, or if you want, or Microsoft, <laughs> Microsoft's going to lock in those exclusives. Microsoft's going to lock in those, um, like. Uh, specific games that are just optimized for the system first. Like Cyberpunk is optimized for Xbox over the PS4, and I'm sure that would be the same when it launches on the next-gen consoles. Will that mean much? Probably not. But it also means that Microsoft might have a few more of these uh, deals, a few more uh, special announcements, a few more exclusive maps. Things like that will probably be in Microsoft's favor just because the amount of clout and the amount of system... Uh, studios behind them. Sony, though, has all those unique studios. It has Insomniac, it has Sucker Punch, it has uh, Sony Santa Monica, Naughty Dog. Dog. So it has that like Oscar bait type games. So it's really kind of 
which side <laughs> yeah. do you want to be on? Which side do you want to kind of jump in on? And you aren't, neither of these systems is going to treat you badly. They're both great options. I'm going to, uh, I, as I said, I would probably advise against the diskless option unless you want to live in this digital future, only because if you have a library of games on the PS4 or the Xbox One you, and you have those discs, you're going to want to be able to put them in the system. And if you just want to just use like Game Pass or just use like the Sony store, you're going to be losing out on all those games you might have before. So it, it's kind of, yes, it's cheaper. I would just not advise that right now. Um, but that's where I'm sitting right now, where they're both great options. They're both fantastic choices. It's just what you're looking for from your next-gen console. Mm-hmm. But now, but like, what does that mean for a guy like me who, who has a PS4 but literally has zero did, like, physical it, games? Like, how much of my, of my old library can I bring onto my PS5? It's supposed to be about 60 to 70% of the games, and that's supposed to be increasing as it goes forward. Uh, I had a few games that just didn't start on the PS5. Most did. and But then it depends what your library is. If your library has major titles, you're probably okay. I, I, a lot of the Ubisoft games might not work. So it's gonna, it's, you're going to want to look at the compatibility oh, list no. and see what's available and then judge. More games, almost all of the Xbox One games work on the, PS, uh, the uh, Xbox Series X. So it's more of a, it's just a, it's a transition forward. The PS5 is more of a, grab bag of what you're going to be able to use. Yes, mm-hmm. Sony, Sony had 10 titles that they said would not work yeah. on PS5, and they're all kind of like far down the list. Ubisoft had a list of some smaller titles yeah. as well, but they kind of walked that back, so that's kind of up in the air. It's, the it seems like a lot of, and I've tried a few games, and you get a lot of those messages that are like, this one's not ready yet, and you're like, okay, sure, but you don't know when they all will be ready. And, I'm, and I can't advise right now based on that, but what I'm seeing so far is, Xbox has that edge if you have a previous library. And it's like, it's like bringing stuff over like digitally, like seamless, or like does it take a little bit of like... You literally go to the store and download it. Like if you have a library on the Xbox, you just, it shows you all games, PS5 as well. You go into your library. If you have a PS4 game, it shows it there. You can download everything from what I've seen. Just some won't, some won't That's about the only problem you're going to have. Yeah. And that might, and that might change down the road. So it really is. You just you install your system, your um, account in your system, and you're good to go. Oh, solid! Is that right. good? Awesome. Cool. Uh, yeah. Well, thanks no for the problem. update, Brendan. You Brandon. guys yeah. have fun on the podcast, and I will listen to the podcast to figure out how it went. <laughs> have a good one. Awesome. <laughs> you too. All right. Well, do we have any uh, any other things that we need? Any other news that we can talk about? Uh, Maybe something I missed. I don't think so. I think we're doing pretty good. Yeah, we. Had I know there was a thing that. that was like Nintendo made a bunch of money this this year as well. Yeah, that came I mean, probably. Out. Yeah, I mean it's just, it's Nintendo, right? Of course they're gonna make money. My boys, the big end. They're doing all right. Re- really, all three big companies are not hurting right now, especially this year when everyone's not. Yes. Yeah. True. And. uh True, I've definitely been playing I know, I know more Nintendo video games did a than lot, ever in my but... entire life. I'm, I'm probably playing about the same amount, if we're being honest. I wish I could say I played more, I could... but I've been locked up with my kids, so I've been playing less. <laughs> uh, mm. You didn't, you didn't like, do like that commercial with, for, for 
uh mario all-stars where you're like t- showing your teenage daughter about old school mario and then she like sasses you because she knows better than you do apparently <laughs> my daughter's five <laughs> span is not uh it's not where it should be for that unfortunately but that actually tried... did happen to my brother almost identically with his five-year-old i got him a switch uh, a couple years ago and gave him mario galaxy and now my like five-year-old nephew calls to like make sure that he to like let me know how many moons he has so he can like dunk on me for having more but like he doesn't have more than me oh. but um yeah that's exactly what's happening so my brother keeps me like you know when i played mario 64 and he's like yeah okay whatever dad yeah yeah you didn't even know Very about cute. the secret wall <laughs> Yeah, I'm like, call me when you get to the dark side of the moon, dummy. And he's like, I'm fine. <laughs> I tried to get, I've, I've been, I've been slowly getting my three year old niece into like Mario stuff. Like I got her, like when she was like, when she was like, honestly, when she was like, when she was like, I think it was like one, even like one or two, like she, like I, like I actually got her to like recognize who Mario was, so she could just see him and be, and be like, oh, that's Mario. Um, but now it's like. You know, I I got her a little the Mario Lego set for her for her birthday um this year and like every now and again like if she like you know because she's like a little kid and little kids are like obsessed with watching like YouTube videos now like I'll put on yes. like the intro to like Luigi's Mansion and now she like um you know she kind of understands who Luigi is now too and like and it was actually it was actually funny because um just a sort of like uh the little thing we were talking about before the podcast where for Halloween um. One of my traditions is watching uh, the thriller music video, and I showed my niece thinking that it would be fine, and I like actually forgot how genuinely horrifying the like intro to that music video is. So she like she got like genuinely scared by it. Um, so I I actually I put on like just like the intro, like there's like a full playthrough of uh, of Luigi's Mansion three, and uh, you know she's kind of like she's getting into it. She like she you know she thinks it's funny and it's silly, um, but then like later when she was like getting ready for bed, she was like actually like kind of like getting scared again. Like she was thinking about like the, you know, werewolf Michael Jackson and, and getting like, like genuinely scared. Um, So like, you know, I was, I was like, I was kind of like sitting with her and I, and I said to her, I was, you know, I was like, I'm like, what are you going to do if, uh, if you see a ghost? I'm like, what do you do if you see a ghost? And she's like, she's like, I'm going to, like, I'm going to smack him around a bit and then I'm going to suck him up. I'm like, that's right. You get your vacuum and you suck him up. <laughs> oh my God. I love that. I literally was, oh my God. I love that. It's so cute. I love that. I just, yeah, no, it's 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 just it's such an interesting thing, right? Because like I remember, and I was talking to my brother about this a little bit. Like it's like one of the things I think that people like don't appreciate, like why um Ghostbusters like took off with kids the way it did. Because Ghostbusters isn't like a kids movie, right? Like it's a genuinely like right. made for, like so much of the plot centers around like adults dealing with adult things. Um, but it like it it sort of it sort of like provides kids with this very like basic idea when you watch it that like the things that like scare you like that are like sort of intangible like ghosts or the boogeyman or whatever like can actually be like controlled and defeated with like technology and like things that are actually like tangible that you can like build yourself and use them to like handle the things that actually scare you right so like luigi's mansion does things on an even more like basic level because at that point luigi is is literally using an actual vacuum like yeah any kid who has access to a vacuum can like like literally like just like suck up the ghosts and the things that scare them so like it's kind of, it was super interesting to me that even at, at three years old she could like kind of understand that concept yeah, yeah man gateway horror that's what's going on that's that's it um 
if you guys are curious about gateway horror for kids, actually, um, a group that I'm working with, they actually recently launched a podcast called the monster books podcast. Um, and it's pretty cool. It's like, a, a very savvy woman who's going through basically books for all different uh, ages of kids to kind of talk about like the themes that are tackled and stuff with like your gateway horror for kids. So obviously me and my friends all mm-hmm. want to get uh, all the kids we know into horror. <laughs> That's all we think about. So yeah, um, I know I was like, you know I can get, like a Halloween pack ready for my nephews. And I was like, they're pretty young. Like they're <laughs> two and five, three and five. And I'm like, well, I don't want to like scare them. So I'm like, I don't know, like Berenstein bears, like Halloween. I don't know. Um, but, uh, yeah. And I like, don't think they have a DVD player cause it's 2020. So I'm like, I can't just like buy them Hocus Pocus. I'm working on it. Well, they're relaunching Hocus Pocus. So, I mean, you can get there at some point. They are. They are. Yeah. Oh man. How oh, I love Hocus mm-hmm. Pocus. It's so, it's so cheese, but I love it. It's the best. Um, I won't entertain it's anyone. I, that whole, like, anyway, the whole other discussion. You know, and you know what I didn't, re- I didn't realize cause, because he kind of like fell off. Was that the guy who did the voice of 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 Binks the cat? Mm-hmm. He's the same guy who does the voice of Tino in the Weekenders. He's like he does so much like voice acting, and he was a genuine no cutie back in the day. I, I don't know, know if what he looks yeah. like now, but yeah, that's Tino, man. Tino Tonatino or Tonatini, whatever his last name was. Huh. Yeah, that's man. cool. That Where's is cool. Big, I, yeah, I knew that he was uh, a voice actor, but I didn't. Uh, I didn't know he was specifically. Oh yes, I did. What am I talking about? Because he's also the guy from. Um, he was in Boy Meets World, and I always, every time I saw him on Boy Meets World, I was like, that guy voices everyone. Anyway, <laughs> I'm trying to think now. Like, if there's any like anything really like like genuine like horror stuff that I like saw as a kid. Like, I mean, because like when I I don't know, like you know, when I was younger, I think the only thing that I really had, like I. Even like, cause you know, I've been, I've been playing Nintendo since I was, you know, but like probably like four years old, right? Like yeah. I was, that's when I really got into like Nintendo, like the NES and I was like, like could genuinely handle like Mario and stuff like that. And like, we had the Friday the 13th video game on the <laughs> NES. Like I, I know it's really bad now or like looking back on it now, it's like, it's very easy to look at it and be like, wow, that's a really badly made game. But like, you know, it did actually do some like some decent concepts. Cause like. You know, when you're in the cabins and that creepy music is going, it's got that weird like semi first person perspective and you're like turning corners and stuff like it really is like genuinely kind of unnerving. And when you're especially when you're a kid, like not knowing when Jason was just going to sort of like pop out at you like that actually like always did like genuinely scare me when I was young. Like I think I didn't go on. Go, on. Oh, no, go ahead. I was just going to say, I think that uh, games definitely are a really good gateway to horror. Like I think a lot of kids yeah. play horror games before they're ready to sit through a scary movie well I, yeah but like yeah on like basic levels too because i like you know um because i was aware of friday the 13th right like we didn't really watch it too too much um when i was like a, like a little kid but as i got a little bit older uh you know i, I kind of started like you know looking at stuff like that and and certain things like that did did creep me out i remember even just being slightly like creeped out by even just like the johnny depp sleepy hollow like yeah you know it it freaked me out a little bit as a kid um it's weird man it's a weird thing because obviously you know you know, it's like being scared is such a it's such an interesting thing i know we, we did talk about this a little bit last week you know it's like it's like every kid has to go through it i think you know what i mean it was like a rite of passage like like you go to your friend's house for a sleepover and 
the parents would have been like, oh, let's watch a scary movie or something. Like for me, it was like Leprechaun 2 or something, dating myself. Oh my God. Oh man. But it's true. It's weird because the sleepover parties and the scary stories and the campfire stories. I mean, there's a reason we gravitate toward it. It's not just to torture each other. Like we obviously enjoy it. It's a massive genre, right? So obviously it's something we like. And yeah, everyone, there's a, oh gosh, as I'm just like out here plugging other people's podcasts, um, there's the Scarred for Life podcast. (laughs) It's really fun because they have guests on who talk about like a movie that scarred them for life. Like that first movie you saw as a kid that messed you up. And uh, yeah, we all have these like weird references. The movie that messed me up as a kid just showed up on Shudder and everyone's like, oh, we should watch the series. I'm like, no, that movie messed me up for like 10 years. I'm not going to watch it. I'm deleting the Shudder app from my phone. I like never want to see it in my suggested results. Um, and it's wild. What, what movie was it? I, it's so embarrassing. Um, you're going to be like, I've never heard of it. But there's <laughs> so, you know, there's like the Amityville horror movies and then they kind of had this like expanded franchise of these like side movies sort of oh yeah kind of yeah so there's this movie called uh amityville 1992 it's about time and it's probably like not at all scary but i saw it when i was really little at a sleepover party and it just like absolutely ruined me and i was like scared of it for like years after like i would be at like other um sleepovers like two years later and be like freaked out and be like I need to go home because I'm scared (laughs) but the one thing that it does like you know how there's certain things that get you in movies that like some people would just like not find that scary but that's like your thing um yeah one thing that always gets me is like when you think you're gonna get help but the person who can help you like just doesn't know that you need them is like a thing that scares me so like um Uh, yeah for instance in like oculus when she like calls the cops but it's like not really the cops it's like a trick because you're like, oh, my God, your help yeah. is right there, but you can't get it kind of thing. Um, so there's this like really quick moment in what is probably a very terrible, not scary movie, but I don't know. I'm never rewatching it um, where they're like, I think it's cops come. And the person is like trapped inside the house being like tortured by this whole thing. And they're like banging to like get the attention. So like when you see from her perspective she's like sees the cops outside and is like rattling and screaming like please help me but then when you see the cops perspective they're looking inside and everything looks normal and it just like completely scared the shit out of me that she like couldn't yeah, get that oh, help you know it what like, it's so like hard. it's it's interesting it's so funny that you say that because i was just i was just saying um last week too about how like like i've always i've always really loved the idea of like things in movies where like things are happening but like like the perspective is totally skewed um and i and i was talking about um uh the the haunting of hill house and like yeah. the haunting of blind manor because like yeah. one of the things that i that like that the the parts about that that series um specifically blind manor and I'd, I'd love to know if you watched it and what you thought about I it did and uh, i'll gladly share what i thought yeah but like one of the things i think that scared because like i didn't and i and i mentioned this a little bit uh last week too but just to, just to bring you up to speed um I didn't think that uh, Hill House was like particularly scary. Like it was, I thought it was a good show, but it didn't really like scare me. Like Bly Manor scared the crap out of me. Like I sat with that for like a week and like, like, like genuinely like had trouble like sleeping. Like it really, really stuck with me. Um, But like, the the thing that really that scared me the most about it um and even like hill house it like i you know it was something i th- thought was so super interesting was like just the way that you see like all the ghosts in the background and they're just sort of like mm-hmm. there chilling but like no one is reacting to them 
Yeah. And that was like something I've always wanted to see like in like movies or like, I guess like even like TV shows, like just certain things that are happening in the background that like, it, you know, it's like that only the audience gets to see it. Yeah. But like, it's like a weird, no one else on, is like, reacting to it. Dramatic irony in a way where like yeah. the characters are just like making dinner and you're like, Oh my God. Um, Cause yeah, we tend to like a lot of haunting movies tend to have the ghost ramp up over time, right? Like every mm-hmm. haunted house, every demon movie, every whatever, it's always like the ghost starts off with really subtle scares and then moves all the way to the like big finale scares. And I do think that Hill House and also Bly Manor um, in very different ways, they actually, I never really thought of this until you said it, but they did do a really good job of as opposed to like having the monsters or the ghosts ramp up. It's just kind of more that like they were always there and then they did this one thing that one yeah. time. Yeah, that's a really it's interesting. It's a very, it's a very slow way. burn. Yeah. Um, that's funny that you say that. Like I try not to compare those two series too, too much because even though it's impossible not to compare them because they're like a similar no, series with the same creators, I feel like they're so, yeah, exactly. They're so different. But it's funny. I actually was way more afraid of Hill House than I was of Fly. I didn't find Bly super scary. Really? Not that, like, yeah, that doesn't speak to its quality, certainly. But I actually was way more spooked by uh, Hill House. And it could have just been a timing thing. But Bly didn't get to me as much. Although I will say I did end up watching an episode in the middle on um, a surround sound system that I didn't know. I was like in a living room I don't usually use. And didn't mm. know that it had this like fancy surround. And I just kept hearing knocking behind me. So I kept like pausing it mm. to be like, what is that? <laughs> and like investigating it. And anyway, for like a while, and I was like really scared, like genuinely shivering, because as soon as something would happen in the show, there'd be this banging behind me. And it just turned out there were speakers in the ceiling, which I realized like 45 minutes later. <laughs> no, you know, like, um, and, 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 and uh, uh, like, like, yeah, I think I might have said this last week, too. But like, like, the, the, I think it might have just been like a hype thing, like, um, because like, I remember like in the lead up to Hill House you know, seeing all these articles that were like, oh, like Hill House is like the scariest thing ever made. And people are like fainting and throwing up from how scary it was. And like, I just, I just sat there watching it. Like, like, you know, like, when is this going to get like vomit inducingly scary? Like it was never like, it wasn't like there weren't like moments that did like genuinely like creep me out. But like, I was never like, this is so like super scary. Like, like that I'm like genuinely like going to have a hard time with it. But here, I'll I'll send you I'll send you an image. Um, I did post this on Twitter. This was the moment where like I I uh, I actually like recoiled in terror when I saw this. Um, it's 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 episode two. Um, and it's like like I was initially because like you know the way that they set up like like just just the way it's it's there in the background. Yeah. Like I genuinely was just like no, like because yeah. like, it, like they, they did such a good job of setting up like the no face doll and it's like you know when um when uh, uh I, I I'm I'm forgetting the the name of him now the boy the little boy uh, um, like when he he throws Miles. it down the chute yeah when yeah. Miles when he throws it down the chute and then and then Danny goes into the basement like already I'm like no like this is bad I'm times like this not. is bad city um. <laughs> And she and she finds it and it's standing upright. I was already like really yeah. put on edge, but then yeah, like immediately after that, you see it, and it's not even like it really looks like like Viola or that it like follows the sort of established rules that they set up about like what she does later on. Like it literally just looks like a giant version 
of the doll, of the doll. standing in the background and i was like no like <laughs> that whole bit and, was and that scary was... like i feel like that was so it's funny because like flanagan's films and flanagan's shows are pretty different except for maybe like dr sleep is more showy but mm -hmm. he has certain scares that don't it, from what I guess I've seen, I feel like the scares that he uses in his movies are really different than the scares that he's used in the the haunting series. But that yeah. basement scene was like pure Flanagan. Like that felt like right out of like Origin of Evil and like felt yeah. very like, even almost like very much the Conjuring type scare. Like it was a very 2010s horror movie moment and i think that's probably why it like slammed us so hard because that's the kind of thing that you're expecting to see right before like demon clapping in the conjuring or like right before something like that so i feel like that was so so effective that way personally oh yeah yeah and th and, and that's what i mean like it just it just like throughout i think throughout the whole of the series like it just it, i feel like hill house like maybe just wasn't as focused um not necessarily like it didn't it didn't have direction but it's just like i think just the way it like you know it kept kind of like jumping back and forth between like you know the present day like family drama and then you know the the like the past you know with the, where all the spooky stuff was happening yeah. like th there were like there were like little breaks where like things like things were kind of like like the like the scares were just sort of like ramping down but like Bly Manor feels so much more grounded in like in its own like horror yeah, premise horror kind of thing yeah, it's it's funny. Like I again, I try not to compare that. My friend actually said it really well. He, uh, my friend Joe, was just like these two shows are not in conversation with each other, which is kind of a nice way of putting it. And kind of instead yeah. of comparing them, it's impossible not to. They're named after that. Like they're both of the haunting, you know, the haunting of with the same creator. We all know, we, you know, of course they're going to be compared to each other. But I found them just so different that even when I was watching Bly, mm -hmm. like when I was watching Hill House, the whole time I was like, this is amazing. I love this. This is scary. This is good. This is a show that I'm really enjoying. When I was watching Bly, there were a lot of moments where I was like, oh, I'm like not into this at all. And then when it was over, I was like, that was amazing. And I loved the whole thing. And it took me like a yeah. long time. I don't know. I think this actually probably ruined it a bit for me. I don't know if anyone saw a movie called The Turning, which came out earlier this year or late last year um no so it's based on the same story that uh bly manor is based on um okay. and it's got a very similar aesthetic i actually reviewed it for cg mag i believe so if you guys want to look up the turning on the website um you can see more of my thoughts on it um but it's got a really similar aesthetic and it is adapting the same story uh it came out the same year if not late the year before um, and it actually takes the more ambiguous route that, um, the movie's a little bit more direct or sorry, the show's a little bit more direct, um, to what's real and what's not real versus the, mm -hmm. uh, the movie's a little bit more abstract, kind of like the book. Anyway, all that to say is a very similar adaptation, despite also being very different. And I think that really, uh, killed a lot of the suspense for me for the first few episodes, because I already knew what was going on with Miles. I already knew what was, so I, and it's so, so similar that I was like, oh, this yeah. show is taking four hours to tell me something that I learned in 40 minutes recently. Yeah. And I, I think, I think that's, that is, that is fair too, because I, I, I had my assumptions. I, I knew people who like blew through the, the series, like in a day. Right. Yeah. And like, we're kind of like, like not necessarily telling me what was going on, but kind of like guiding me. Cause I was like, oh, you know, it's going to be that they're like possessed by their parents. Like that's going to be the big twist. Right. Like you kind of knew something was going on. 
But you know, when people were just like, no, keep trying. Like, you know, that's that's not it's close, but <laughs> and I know I don't know. I just I know a lot of yeah, people who were very disappointed by it or like didn't like it. And I was just like like sitting there like I I couldn't see why. Like and and, and you know, right. it, uh like it, interestingly that you sort of that, that you that you mentioned um the turning because like it, it's it's interesting to me that like that it was sort of like it did have like other things that were more like directly tied to its like source material because when i was watching it i think the the thing that that i was sort of like comparing it to or, or not even comparing it to but like it was in the back of my mind because it was like I, I was seeing like semi similarities was um was a uh, crimson peaks mm, yeah the whole gothic because- house thing and like just so even like just that, that like tragic you know horror love story yeah i don't know i just and so like looking at i was i guess i was like it, that was sort of like what was kind of keeping me into it because i was like i really loved uh crimson peaks too yeah and um, it's cool like i didn't even know this until after so i hadn't read the book first and episode i don't want to you know spoil everything but the second the pentultimate episode we'll call it um yeah. I was like, this has to be adapted from a book because there's just like no way that it would otherwise fit into this story. And I uh, thought it was from the novel, but it's actually from a different short story. So actually, even though the major, um, I guess, I don't want to say the major arc, but the most of the show is based on the turn of the screw, they actually are adapting short stories by the same author throughout. So there's actually a few other stories mixed in there, which is pretty cool, which um, I think was really really strong i think the other stories were adapted into the major story really really well and that definitely sets it apart from the turning and adds a lot more uh, well i mean obviously mm-hmm. the show so you need a little bit more meat but yeah initially i was kind of like this is just the turning again and longer <laughs> why is it taking so long but then looking back i'm like you only think that because you just watched the turning like the miles reveal is very good and scary but it's only because yeah. i already knew it that it didn't do anything for me so uh... i don't know I don't know, but uh, I did really like it, and I I had fun with it. Well, uh, Lindsay, I know you have a lot more uh, like horror stuff. I don't know how we got wrapped up in talking about Bly oh, again. Uh, <laughs> this is why you should have been here last week. I'm sorry. I know, like I said, <laughs> other people have like tax season year end. I'm like it's spooky season. I'm very busy. Um, <laughs> I was busy watching all of the movies that I'm now going to tell you about. How about that? I'll make it worth your while. Awesome. Um, yeah, so for for those in and out of the know, October is obviously always a really uh, big time. Actually, it kind of starts around end of August is when a lot of genre festivals happen, both in Canada, the U.S., and a few abroad. Um, and with things being remote, I actually was able to access a lot more festivals than usual. So I had a very busy and very fun um, September and October. Um, and I want to chat with you guys about some of my favorite movies that came out of this time and where you can watch them. Because uh, I know they're all stuck at home, and I'm not going to tell you what to do, but definitely don't go to theaters. But that's not up to me to tell you. Um, but uh, some cool ones that you can watch that I want to chat with you about: Twelve Hour Shift uh, is a zany, bizarre movie that you should all check out. It was written and directed by Bria Grant, who is all over the festival circuit this year. Um, she's also around in The Stylist, and she's another movie called Lucky that we'll chat about in a second. Um, so it's really, really fun. David Arquette's in it. Um, so you recognize him. It's literally this movie that like, it takes place over a an overnight shift for a nurse at a hospital who um, steals organs to sell on the black market. So she kills patients to steal their organs. And her, yeah, her idiot cousin, 
who I think I described as the dumbass Harley Quinn, um, is her uh, runner, is her like gopher, and she basically loses a kidney on her way. So they have to replace this kidney um, so that their boss, who is Mick Foley, not Mick Foley, yeah, Mick Foley. Mick Foley. Yeah. Uh, I was like, I'm thinking of Matt Foley, motivational speaker. Am I saying it wrong? Um, Mick Foley, who is her boss, <laughs> is very upset. So they have to get another kidney during this 12-hour shift. A lot of other things happen. Uh, David Arquette, who is a serial killer, uh, gets um, brought to their hospital in chains for uh, treatment. Anyway, so it's really, really fun. Super zany. It is now available on VOD, and I recommend checking that out because you will not be bored. Um, another fun one I want to mention is a movie called Fugue. So Fugue is a very, very low budget movie. Um, it's more action than it is horror. I don't even know if I would call it horror at all. Maybe it's kind of sci-fi action-y. It played at last year's Blood in the Snow Film Festival, which is a very beloved Toronto um, indie horror festival or indie genre festival. And it is now on VOD. You can watch it on iTunes or Vimeo. It's super fun. It was made with like no budget. And it's one of those movies that you want to go in very cold because it's going to mess with your head. You don't want to know anything um, because the main character doesn't know anything. He wakes up with amnesia and he kind of learns things over time, which is um, pretty cool. He basically wakes up with a woman who says, hey, I'm your wife and this is our house. And, you know, we're going to get you back to normal. And uh Drama ensues and action in good measure. I imagine so that, the, that the twist is that he's not actually her, his wife. And I mean, I'm not going to tell you too much, you know, but you're going to be. Okay, you, you, you've already just you gave it all away. You, you, That's you told, not the twist. not saying nothing. You told That's, us everything. You might be suspicious of her. You might be. Well, I don't know. Depends how you consume the movie. Check it out. All of your questions will be answered. All right. Bye. How about that? Because I'm not going to tell you. Um, another, I've got like a lot here and I feel like it's going to, it's going to take me a long time, but I'll be great. <laughs> um, to Your Last Death is a bizarre, berserk, insane, bloody mess. It's an animated feature that looks a lot like Archer. Um, very similar animation to that. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. And it's like completely insane. It's like if Succession met um, Battle Royale um, and also there's, kind of supernatural elements um but basically hmm. uh this woman is an environmentalist her father is a, a powerful ceo and um they don't get along she and her siblings get called to uh, speak to him in the office about his succession plan and his succession plan is a battle to the death so uh, it's really fun and really silly. And I thought, I was like, how good could this bloody animation be? And the answer is really, really good. So you should check that out on Blu-ray or VOD. <laughs> it almost sounds um, like an episode of Archer, actually. It, honestly, yeah. Like, you're kind of like, oh, this is like Archer made Succession um, and also The Hunger Games or some shit. I don't know. It's bizarre. And every time something happens, you're like, sure, why the hell not? Why not do that movie? Um, so I recommend that one. It's really fun. Uh, Possessor is now on VOD. The uh, release date kept changing, but it is now available um, as of, I believe, the 3rd. So that's really fun. It is uh, another Canadian, uh, Brandon Cronenberg, who is uh, someone we all really like. I know uh, B. Fry is a big fan of him. And uh, it's very bloody, very cool science fiction movie about jumping into people's bodies to um, commit murders as them. So pretty dope. Hmm. 
Um, I've got so many more. The last one I'm going to mention that's available now is Scare Me on Shudder. Um, cause it is still spooky season. Scare Me is by Josh Rubin. who You guys might remember from College Humor. Any College Humor fans in the house? Oh yeah. 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 Uh, sure. Sure. So remember, <laughs> so you might know Josh Rubin if you're into College Humor. He did like Gail Beggy. I was going to say Gail Beggy. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And my favorite is the uh, Brownies video where he's like mad about his girlfriend with brownies in a seat. Anyway, he's very funny. He made this really cool movie um, called Scare Me, where it's literally just him and Aya Cash in a cabin in the woods telling each other scary stories. Um, and I think like it's going to be on my like favorite of the year lists all across the board, no matter what. So that one is also <laughs> streaming on Shutter. It is available. Um, and then there's a lot of cool stuff coming to Shutter that I haven't watched yet. So stay on top of uh, CG Mag, and you'll see what I think of them. And uh, exciting things that are coming that I have not watched yet. Palm Springs, which all of your friends in the States saw on Hulu and told you about and you wish you could watch, is coming to Amazon this month. So there you go, Canada. And on Hulu, there will be Run and, guys, Animaniacs is coming. That's right. I, you yeah. know what? I'm like, I'm, like I'm happy about that, but I'm also sad about it. Why um, is that? Well, because like it's like they're only from what I'm aware of, they're only doing Animaniacs, like like the trio, and Pinky and the Brain, which is like that's cool, but I, don't know I think that there true. was there were so that. many just because just from from all the promos that I've seen, it just seems like it's like they're they're bringing back like I don't know if they're it's like it's just Animaniacs, and it's and it's gonna be and Pinky and the Brain, right? I know it's, a it's like them. But like Pinky in the Brain was like it was like, you know, like a side episode kind of thing, like that was all part of Animaniacs. And there were so many like funny, amazing little like side characters, like little like little like, you know, sh like shows within the show that yep. like I feel like you should bring them back to like Good Feathers would have been hilarious, you know, in the modern day as, you know, adults who can finally understand what Goodfellas was <laughs> um, like uh what was it uh what was it slappy the squirrel like she yeah. was hilarious um buttons and mindy was so great too like like there were so many good things within animaniacs and i feel like if you're just gonna do like here's animaniacs like the original like cast came back and you know we're gonna do some hijinks with them like i'm sure it'll be funny you know i just feel like like so much of what made animaniacs good was all like the extra stuff that came with it I wasn't there also that that one chick who was like she was really really like attractive but then she turned into like a mongoloid or something when she got yeah. mad oh my gosh I don't know if you can say that but yes there was a woman who got left I can't remember looking. her name um I don't know the answer to that I have not watched them yet but if you keep your eyes on the CG magazine backlot I will um tell you all about it once I am through it um, but I do know, yeah, Pinky and the Brain and the Animaniacs are definitely coming back, but I don't know about the other characters that I can't tell you just yet. Was it, was it not Minerva Mink? Was that who it was? I honestly can't remember. No. I feel like, yeah, I don't know the answer to that, but it's pretty cool. It's fun, um, that they're doing it. I think it's going to be a really fun kind of mindless thing to watch right now. Um, again, it is Hulu only, so I'm not sure if and when it'll be available to Canadians, but, uh, <laughs> you find, you find Hulu however you can. 
Um, and that is happening on November 20th. Um, but you'll be able to see what we think about it on November 16th. So pretty cool. I don't know, lots of cool stuff coming up, guys. I don't think you're going to be bored. I think that whole um, thought that we were like, oh, there's going to be no new movies because no one's producing anything. If anything, that's just allowed really cool indie things to shine. So we've gotten movies like 12 Hour Shift and Fugue and Possessor and Scare Me and, you know, Blood Vessel and Lingering. Um, they're all getting a lot of attention, which I think is pretty great. Yeah, that is that is pretty cool. I mean, like, it's so it is so hard to find good like horror stuff nowadays, just because like, I mean, I I feel like even even without COVID, like horror movies are just like they're so like sort of locked into like the the main franchises. You know what I mean? Like, when do you, like every every Halloween, like, what can you kind of be like looking forward to? It's just like, oh, another something in the Conjuring series, another you know. You Maybe need to a Saw movie. read more of what I write on CGM because <laughs> I'm just I'm because in the mainstream. Disagree. Lots of movies in the mainstream that uh, listen. I get it. They don't. You know, big studios don't tend to spend a ton on uh, the marketing of these horror movies. So to me, it seems like they're everywhere. But I also am super aware that um, that's not the case for everyone. So we are trying our best to. Uh, to give them as much attention as we can. But there are a lot of really great horror movies out there. I mean, I'm not going to pretend like I'm not obsessed with The Conjuring Verse and uh, Saw more than anything um, and won't go see all of those. There's a lot of really great horror movies. Again, you know, we're talking about gateway horror. I haven't watched it yet, but The Craft is now available on VOD. Uh, Freaky, which comes out on November 13th on VOD in certain theaters, um, is a new uh, standalone scary movie coming from Blumhouse. Um, Shudder is doing a lot of hard work. Like I said, they've got Blood Vessel, The Lingering, Queen of Black Magic, all these really great horror movies coming. Um, Shudder is really good about getting international horror. So they're taking things out of Indonesia and from Ireland and some really cool places. So that's really fun. Um, but yeah, as far, obviously right now, we're not seeing a lot of stuff. The studio releases have been pretty, um, eaten up by Blumhouse and we got a lot of, you know, things like, anyway, I won't name names, but a lot of movies that didn't do super super well but there are a lot of great horror movies and i'm happy to talk about them anytime well i you know i don't i don't deny it i'm just saying it seems like you never you never really hear like see about it really or see anything like you never see it like it's never it's never advertised really you know what i mean like Actually, The Verge published know. a really good article. Um, I haven't read that all the way through, but The Verge published um, an interview with uh, Jason Blum and also Craig Engler from Shudder uh, yesterday, I want to see say, um, where they kind of talked about how a lot of the larger studios kind of ignored horror, but with everyone being at home and the rise of certain streaming services, it's really changed um, how we talk about horror and what's available. Um, but as far as like major ones, I mean, Underwater, it's, it's been a really long year, but Underwater, which was the huge major uh, studio release, um, was January of this year. Um, we already talked about The Turning, but we had The Invisible Man this year, which was huge. We have A Quiet Place coming up, which is going to be a big one. Um, Candyman, I believe, was pushed until January. Oh, yeah. Candyman is going to be a big one. Um, so, you know, there's still lots of uh, about, okay. pretty cool ones. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I will say that the this the, the like this the like the rebooted Saw thing looks pretty looks pretty I'm interesting. So excited, it might be my cause of death because oh, yeah. I'm ecstatic. <laughs> I'm pretty excited. Did you know that? Did you know that there were two Saw video games? Yes, I did know that. 
And apparently one of them is available in like one of the stores. Like I think like you can get the old one in the PS4 store or something like that. It's pretty rad. Yeah. Something like that. I was really looking for, I was really looking for some good horror stuff to play this uh this this Halloween time and I didn't really I didn't really get around to anything. Yeah. Oh my gosh, I'm just like now thinking of all the 2020 releases that I'm like, no, watch Sea Fever. That's another one. I'm just going to yell movie titles. Aren't you excited to have me on the podcast? I'm just going to be like, oh yeah. Also, <laughs> just like, apparently Get Duped is really great. I haven't watched it. The Sea Fever absolutely rocks. Alive, hashtag Alive is on uh, Netflix. You can watch that. Um, Z is available on VOD, which will haunt you forever um sputnik which is basically like venom except scarier so a lot of really fun <laughs> you telling me that venom with with tom hardy didn't scare you even in the slightest i mean it did but i was just too busy enjoying it to be scared because it's awesome um relic was really popular yeah it's amazing you know it scared me gave me nightmares top to bottom so there you go guys oh. It was, it was Katie Kaboom. That's who it was. I, I even like vaguely remember her theme song. She was like this like sweet like teenage girl or something or like adult girl. But like when she got really mad, she like literally like either like exploded or like turned into a monster. Oh, that's not what I'm thinking of. I'm thinking of the like nurse or something. Hello. No, that's, that nurse. was just hello nurse, yeah. right? Yeah. No. Hello nurse. Uh, maybe it is Katie Kaboom. Yeah, I know it's Katie. Katie Kavoom. There was there was freaking um, what was it? Uh, who was it? Um, uh, oh, not, that's uh, not Rita. Rita and freaking um and Runt, the big dog, was like that nah, definitely, definitely. But she was like always singing, like she was like a cat's reject. I mean, like so think about I just figured it out. Yeah, think about Rita the cat on Animaniacs in a post cats the film world i really hope so because honestly like God, Roger Rabbit is what i was getting wrong well that's jessica you, rabbit uh, no yeah. i know who jessica rabbit is remember this woman that he thinks is jessica rabbit but it's lady hyena anyway oh yeah 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 when, she, when 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 he sees her in the like in the silhouette or something yeah that's what i was thinking and, he, and, he, and she goes after him yeah oh yeah that's and they're like, ah, anyway, that's what I was thinking of. Um, a great part of that movie. Yeah. Yeah. So. That nightmare escape. I mean, Animaniacs might have all those characters. We don't know. We don't know. There is a trailer, which again, I haven't watched yet because I like to go. Yeah. The, oh, that, 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 that Jurassic Park trailer was. Oh, was yeah. I did see the Jurassic Park trailer. That was very much fun. Oh, my God. So well done. I'm excited. And it's actually really funny. Um, so, the, like, where it's being sent out, like, the Hulu stuff has been. Hulu um, brought in a lot of new uh, people to their list because of the horror festivals this year because they're doing a lot of promotion for Run, um, which I will also be watching very soon, and a few other horror movies. So, as a result, a lot of horror um, writers have ended up on their lists. And so, there were, like, all all of these people that are like 24 seven horror are now watching Animaniacs, which is just so exciting. I'm really excited about that. <laughs> Cause it's very much a wheelhouse. It's been such an interesting year of like weird nineties reboots. Like even like, was it like, like, like mid, was it last year or did it come out this, uh, like this year it was like, they did the Rocco's modern life movie on Netflix. Oh, I, never did I did that. not that know that, that happened until they yeah. made a movie on Netflix. I didn't know that at all. Yeah, I mean, I, they like I remember seeing it uh, advertised uh, like quite a bit, and uh, you know what? I know I'm such a 
I'm such a I'm such a hypocrite because I haven't actually got around to watching it either. But I because it's just one of those things where I saw it and I was like, oh my god, that's that's here, right? But I just like you know I put it on my like I'll I'll watch it some other time. Um, that's a Netflix movie. Oh, by the way, I'm back. I forget. <laughs> Hi. Oh, I- <laughs> that was a Netflix. Movie. Uh, yeah, no, um, yeah. Bronco movie Netflix. Like, oh no, it's okay. I'm just getting something. I did not like, know I that what it was happened, But Brendan, all you I missed was me called. yelling movie titles at everyone. That's what I come from. Bronco. Oh yeah, it was called. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was yeah. It was called um. It was called hmm. Static Cling, and it was like sort of like similar ideas too. It's like you know, part of the joke was like, oh, we've been away for like. 15 years what did we miss and it's like everything like you know Rocco like reacting to like but the I, modern they, they, they world went now some progressive directions with that movie and I think that yes was I was aware of that yeah and they're like that show was very weird it's it's like watching it now as an adult like yeah like I don't know why that was ever targeted is, at like it kids like, it's show. so like it is it was white it was like Ren it's, and Stimpy. It like was never really for kids. No, it's but it's not even but not even like in the way Ren and Stimpy is like very like very mm. tongue in cheek, very slapstick, so that kids can I mean, kind of enjoy it. it. Like mm-hmm. Rocco's Modern Life is like super dry. Like it's it's almost like watching like a TV show made by like it is Woody Allen, less, uh, less rapey, but yes. Mm. Well, yeah. <laughs> Less actually, you know, Woody Allen involved in any way besides, you know, I directed. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's super weird. And then, and now, what was I seeing? What was I seeing recently too? Um, Ren and Stimpy's uh, uh, coming, coming back. Beavis and Butthead are coming back for some Again? reason. They already came back a few years yeah. ago. They're doing another season. Yeah, no, apparently, uh, apparently they're, they're trying again. Um, Last time, I, I know, I, I. I think I I read also that um, uh, Phil Lord oh, look, and uh, oh, Clone High, yes, yes, Clone High. Yeah, they're bringing back Clone High they are too. Back Clone High, is that true? Yes. Don't believe it. Really like it. No, they, they teased it. I I don't know if anyone if anyone noticed it, um, but they actually sort of like teased it in Into the Spider Verse because in one of the in one of like the the the, the shots of like the alternate universe. There's actually uh, like a big poster in like Times Square for Clone College, and it shows like older Abe and older JFK like beside each other. Oh my god, dude! Clone High is like my entire life. Oh my god, I loved Clone High. It was so oh much. Oh my god! Wow. Okay. My yeah, god. it's just it's it's such a weird time for like bringing back stuff. <laughs> Wow, shit. More I Clone High. I just hope that means I did the that, hand like... gesture thing. <laughs> <laughs> I just hope that means just... that, like, Clone High will be available on streaming Oh, uh, is it not? Like, oh, my God. I don't think so. I don't think, so. I don't think there's anywhere you I think can I have the DVDs, it. but I thought it was available on streaming as well. I, do, I definitely have the DVDs. I, I have them, like, saved on my uh, hard drive on my, like, old tower computer in my high school, oh. like, my childhood bedroom. The DVD is annoying though because you can't skip the the intros oh, for the advertisements with for undergrads and other like shows. Oh, oh yeah, undergrads. fine show. There's, no, if there, if there's one show that doesn't need to come back, it's undergrads. Undergrads I didn't hold up. Undergrads, no, yeah, it's really it's weirdly up, sexist it's, today. It's so yeah. sexist. Yeah. That Super, it's, it was, it's always <laughs> been like a love letter to like the worst bros from oh, your yeah. undergrad. Like, yeah, it'd be the no insult. Yeah, I was gonna today, say. Yeah. It's, 
Yeah. It, it was it was sexist even for its time. Totally. <laughs> like, like it's always it's been so like gross. the story of the like dude who's in love with a girl and all the sexist nasty bullshit. It's like it is yeah, without a doubt. But at the same time, it is so much an accurate portrayal of Ontario undergrad. Yeah, that like, is that is true. Yeah. That is very true. <laughs> yeah. Like when you're watching it and they're like, are you guys gonna go to like the you know, the res uh, social and everyone's like, no. And there's like, there's going to be free cheese there. And we're like, fuck yeah, I'll do that for sure. <laughs> <laughs> That's real. Oh, well, I've, I think, um, I think we've uh, probably reached the end of the podcast unless there's, yeah. uh, unless there's anything else. No, I think it's about it. So thanks once again for listening. Um, if you want to, read about any of the things that we talked about today you can check out our news stories and Lindsay's reviews and brendan's reviews on the cgmagonline.com um if you want to check out this podcast you can find it on uh i mean if you're already listening to it then you found it so good <laughs> for you but if you maybe want to like tell your friends about it you can find it on uh google Podcasts and apple Podcasts and spotify and all the fun places where podcasts are listened to uh, if you want to hear anything more from me or see anything from more from me, you can uh, check out some of the things I put up on uh, CG. You know, occasionally, I, you know, I've been I've been fell off the way, fell off the wagon for a while. I gotta, do, I gotta find some stuff to write about. I have been editing a lot, <laughs> but you can Exciting. you can find. Sorry. Yeah, I know. Come on. Uh, uh, you know, I don't want I don't want to toot my own You're horns here, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> let's just say uh let's just say we got a we got a position change you could just say here. so John. Um, that's a thing people can know it's, it's not like a secret <laughs> yeah, yeah there's no involvement well, <laughs> <laughs> no, mentioned it? yeah i guess uh yeah i'm, I'm managing i'm managing editor now baby <laughs> hey. i own all of you except for brendan he owns <laughs> me <laughs> still <laughs> well okay that's fair uh, but you can find me on Twitter at Ninja Jordan underscore. You can also find me on YouTube at Ninja Reviews. Just search Ninja Reviews, filter to channels so that I'll come up because I don't post enough stuff. I don't have enough stuff posted and I'm not big enough that I'll actually show up when you search Ninja Reviews. But I am there for sure. Um, I'm at 65 subscribers now, baby. So, you know, y'all be jealous. Uh, I mean, for a guy who has like no subscribers who started like a year ago, it's not terrible. Um, it's it's steady growth. Once I hit a hundred, I can actually change my URL to like be specifically say like you know youtube.com slash um ninja review. So it has to yeah, it's a hundred. It's so weird that it like YouTube has so many rules. I hate it. Um, but Lindsay, where <laughs> where can we find you? Find me on the internet. Um, definitely follow me on Twitter. That is going to be the best place to see all of my thoughts on all kinds of nonsense, but mostly uh, all of my writing. I will always post it there. It is at Smash Travis, just like from the beginning. Smash, S-M-A-S-H-T-R-A-V-E-S. Um, and I'll post a lot of my uh, reviews and editorials and thoughts about life and things that I like. I don't know. Anyway, follow me there. That is the best place. Awesome. Chris, where can we find you? Uh, you can find me and at me some clone high quotes at Hoogathy. That's H-O-O-G-A-T-H-Y. And I'm also on Twitch at Guild2Taps. If you're catching this podcast when it's hot off the press, 
I'm doing Extra Life this weekend from uh, Friday to Saturday. A 24-hour nice. video game marathon for children's hospitals. So if you are listening... Oh, sweet. Yeah, if so if you're listening, check that out. Amazing, we will. Cool. Awesome. And Brendan, where I can we find you? I am 26 on literally everything because I, I made that account and I was lazy and never changed it. So. You were the twenty. You were the twenty sixth nope. beef nope. fry nope. on the internet. B is two sixes out. Yo, speaking of which, I now have a matching oh. Instagram. It's not easy to finagle, but I do have a matching oh. Instagram. If you want to see pictures of the exact same thing that I already posted on Twitter, but some people do. So nice. it's not just photo, it's not just screenshots of my tweets. That's I mean, nightmare. It's not that is some that. people's Instagram. <laughs> Yeah, it's an idea. Yeah, it's not, it's not, not a health thing. <laughs> but that's political. Political Instagram is that. Here's a tweet. Okay. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> Here's something I tweeted. You could have followed me on Twitter, but you followed oh, me. Here's here. a picture of my tweet yeah. and my cat. I don't know. <laughs> the yeah. tweet. The tweet no, is that, the cat. That's the weird. Yeah, that's that's weird. <laughs> it's meta. That's not going good. I installed a formatting app and everything. Yeah, so. You could have that. I've looked at your Instagram. You're like you're on the ball. I'm like pretty bad at it, and that took me so long. And I'm like really trying because a lot of um, yeah, well, so a lot of um, I don't know that this is great. You know, (laughs) here you go, podcast listeners, you'll love this. Um, but PR always asks me for my Instagram, not my Twitter, and I'm like, my Instagram, like my nephews. You don't want that for your website. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) yeah, it's like me and my dad at the hockey game. Like you're not interested in that. I mean, mean, someone uh, might be. Yeah, I mean, maybe. Um, but yeah, and that's private. You can't see it. So now I have an Instagram that is fun for Sounds all. Sounds good to me. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Follow me there because I'm no awesome. Problems. Well, from all of us here at CG Mag, thank you so much for listening. Uh, remember to stay safe, stay inside until all this nonsense is over. Wear a mask if you go out, for the love of God. I can't stress that. Wear it properly, and I guess. Keep Oh my god, yeah, you... oh my god, wear it properly. It's, nothing makes me more mad than people who, who like half ass putting on a mask. Like, um, what are you even doing, dude? Like, why? Yeah, yeah it's just they pre- just want to pretend to have beards badly. Um, more people with beards, you know, but do that. I'm like, are you just yeah. protecting your beard from COVID? Why? Like a beard <laughs> and as always, listen, keep listening to great podcasts by great and Do you want to pimp um, Alex's podcast on this? Oh yeah, I guess we could. Um, so I also listen to if you get a chance, uh, listen to the CGM flashbacks. Uh, it's Alex Watson and Cole nope. Watson, Alex Hanziuk, Cole Watson, and they talk about uh, gaming memories and stuff that they loved from uh, their past. It's a great podcast. You should definitely listen to it. Uh, and but listen to this first. I mean, they would have to because they are physically <laughs> listening to this now, but that's allowed. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, uh, we have uh.